Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. This episode is sponsored by WeAreDapperTies.com. They have a wide selection of patterns, styles, and fabrics for neckties. If you go on their website, you can check it out. Pick out a tie or two or three, and then at checkout, put in the promo code TRUTH to get free shipping anywhere in the continental United States. So we thank them for their sponsorship. On this episode, I spoke with Jillian Round. Jillian is the executive chef at the Railpenny Tavern in Epping, New Hampshire. Has been working in kitchens for 10 years now. Um, Jillian's someone that uh, I'm friends with and uh, I worked with briefly, but uh, more importantly is is someone who, uh, you know, I was going through a really rough time in my life um, and was uh, a, a really great person who was there for me to kind of uh, vent to and help me get through a really tough time in my life. So for nothing else other than that, um, I'm eternally appreciative of her. Um, she's also an incredibly dedicated worker and a, uh, you know, an excellent cook. So we met in the um, increasingly noisy throughout our conversation, the White Heron Tea Room in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where I've done the last couple of these. But uh, yeah, we had a great chat for a little over an hour or so. So enjoy. It's weird because I had a conversation with someone in the last week about because I I had people that I knew would like say awful shit to me on like Facebook and they'd be like we can't take it seriously it's not real life and I'm like we know each other in real life you wouldn't say that to my face and like and and also it's got like I feel like the novelty of social media because it was really like in the last like six or seven years where like the the bulk of our culture like was like alright we're gonna do this like but it was like a novelty thing and like you know I think now the vast majority of people in this country at least are on social media to some degree and take it like somewhat seriously whether it's you know whatever aspects of their life so like being a fucking asshole on social media is no longer like you can't excuse it away as like you know I'm like if you're being an asshole on social media you're an asshole right yeah it's not it's like saying well I was drunk Mm -hmm. cool cool still you still did it yeah Yeah. that that I almost got in a Facebook fight the other day and I put my phone down and walked away yeah Kids that I went to high school with, like super Trump supporters, right. and they commented. It all started on somebody else's post yeah. about her, like she took her kids to Chuck E. Cheese before they closed, and was like, "Glad I got to go before they closed." Like I childhood memories yeah. or whatever. And then one of them commented and said something about, like, "Oh, same thing happened to Toys R Us." And then somebody, the other kid was like, oh, they should have kept up with the times. 
And then person A says, well, maybe they didn't give all their money to Planned Parenthood. It kind of seems counterproductive to me. So I commented and said, well, Planned Parenthood does a lot more than abortions, right. gentlemen. Right. Uh, so, you know, probably better than overpriced plastic from China. Right. To which he then responded saying, like, how many abortions they've done. And I was about to get all the numbers for everything else, but I was like, you know what? It's Easter. You're not going like, to... I'm not going to entertain this bullshit. So. Well, and I mean, the fact that Toys R Us went out of business has nothing to do with there being less kids because there's way more kids now Plenty than there were in the children. 80s. Plenty yeah. of children. Yeah, that's not the problem. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of problems. I mean, when it came down to it, the sad fact of it is Toys R Us has been running their business poorly for right. so many years. But I was, you know, being a 42-year-old man who collects action figures still, it, you know, it hit, hit me close to home. I was like, oh, God damn it. But then I thought about it and I was like, wait, I hardly ever bought stuff at it's Toys R Us because they never had anything in stock because they they owed their creditors for right. so long that right. they wouldn't give them and new it's stuff. So expensive, mm-hmm. so expensive. Yeah, it was one of those things though. Like when I was a kid, like just getting to go to Toys R Us and like yeah. walk around and it's like floor to ceiling toys as That's far as true. you can see. You're just like, Whoa. or the catalog that came out at Christmas. Yeah. You surf everything you want. My parents yeah. never bought any yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, we got our own ideas. It's nice <laughs> that you want the Thundercat Mountain yeah. or whatever. It's great that you want that little four wheeler, but we live on a dirt road with potholes in Barrington. Not, so not, not a practical. You're road. never going to get it. Yeah. They could have just told me that though when I was five. So yeah. I stopped hoping for it every year. <laughs> you might be. I don't know if you're too young for this or not. Did you? Did your family get the Sears catalog growing up? I have like very vague. So it was like th- it was like a almost like a phone book. It was yeah. like it was like honestly like two hundred to two hundred fifty pages. Like I'm not exaggerating. I might be exaggerating a little, but but it basically and it would come out in the fall. But you and it had an order form in the back. Like each page had like you know each page was numbered and each item on it had like A B C. Right. And then there was a little key that had the description of what it was but then you would go to the order form on the back and you could order it and like but it would come out in the fall but it was for Christmas yeah and we but everything that Sears carried you know from like you know refrigerators to women's underwear to toys was in there. everything in the catalog everything in the catalog That's crazy but it, and it was all color photos it was like like you know how they do the circulars right. each week it's like that, but it was on like glossy paper. Like oh they couldn't God. have been cheap. No, but we would just like you know they were we would pour through right. that, just like oh look at this, look at it because a lot of times would be the first time you'd get to see like toys that weren't out yet, but right? Were coming but out. We're coming yeah, out. It was yeah, super exciting. Yeah. Okay, we didn't have a ton of toys. Yeah, my sister and I. I mean, we did when we were like little, little, but yeah. I don't know. Um, I. We had a fair amount, but it was also one of those things that, like, I had, like, friends that I would play with. Like, yeah. we'd go over to their house and, like, right. mix the G.I. Joe and Star Wars figures up. And okay. inevitably, I'd lose a couple yep. or gain a couple, depending <laughs> on the visit. Yeah, yeah. My friends had the Barbie cars, the Barbie dream cars. Yeah. Yep. I, um, I got excited a couple years ago. So, 
a lot of people know that I'm like super into Star Wars and uh, when people commission art for me a lot of times people will give me stuff or and I used to it was just like sure I'll trade stuff but now I'm like I'm yeah I'm trying to pay bills so like I mean with if I like I'll trade art with other artists sometimes and like yeah. sometimes we'll do like half and half like if I do like if I get commissioned to do something someone's like dude can I give you this amount of money and then trade you something I'm like sure um, I mean that's fine and I'm all about supporting art right. but like for a while people were just like yeah I got this box of Star Wars stuff here and then like I never going back to the having trouble saying no to people like I don't like upsetting people so I'd be like sure but okay. I kept getting just <laughs> garbage but I did get uh, I got this box of all these vehicles that was, you know the the Adats the snow walkers from the Empire Strikes a Back a little bit so I never had one of those as a kid. I always wanted it, so I was like, sweet, I'm keeping this. I mean, most of the time, I just bring them to, like, places that sell that stuff and get, yeah. like, credit and whatnot. But I was just like, I was like, oh, man, eight-year-old me <laughs> yes. stoked right now. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, yeah, we didn't have, I don't know, we had, like, weird toys. We had a ton of board games. Yeah. And, like, that kind of stuff. Did you play board games yeah. a lot? Like, what? what, what, what were some sorry. Uh, I don't know that I've ever played Sorry. Like, I was a savage. Really? Like, even as a little kid, it was yeah. known that I was going to win or I was going to be, like, so violently upset that the game would end. Are you, are you competitive? Ooh, a little. But Monopoly, I was fine. Did you enjoy Monopoly, though? Yeah. Because I feel like... I don't think it's that enjoyable of a game. It's though. not. It's a miserable game. It takes a game. long time. It's basically whoever has the intestinal fortitude to wait <laughs> the other people out, and like finally someone's like, "I'm tired of playing this. Yeah. You win." And you're Here like, you go. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. Like, it's true. I I feel like Monopoly is a game only enjoyed by people who want to win. Like. You're not playing it for the joy of the game. Like no. most games. Most games you it's are. Fun. It's fun for yeah. a while. Monopoly takes too long. Yeah. It's, um, you need like a solid four to five hour chunk to play just... Monopoly. Miserable. That is miserable. Well, yeah. especially because you start playing in the first first like 45 minutes. You're like, oh, this is going well. We're getting our properties and whatnot. And then it's just. Comes to a screeching halt. Yeah. And it's like just going around the board paying the taxes on the property yeah. you're like, and it's like god damn this is too much like real life it's horrible except that you had no idea that that was real life mm -hmm. like it was fine because it was just colored pieces of paper right right and you were a little no. you know I'm like, Scottish my terrier water my water bill is what how does water even cost that much money yeah that was a well, that was a weird thing when I when I moved out to Arizona, getting a water bill for the first time. Because it always like every apartment I ever lived in was like part of the rent yeah. or whatnot, and it was like the town had a separate water bill, which was like it was like a hundred dollars a month. That was just like it was crazy. And and the way that so the town that I lived in, Jerome, which was on the you know the mountain town, they had a natural stream coming through the town mm -hmm. uh, that they took their water from and they didn't filter it or do anything to it yet but it was they're like we're going to eventually and this is what it's going to cost so we're going to implement the water treatment like cost now so that you're used to it and i'm like but the water's not treated yeah no and it was like like it, 
you could spot the people that had grown up in the town the entire time because all their their teeth were like they weren't rotten but they were like I don't know if you've ever seen people that like their water has like a lot of fluoride in it where it's like got like a yellow like hardened yeah. look to it yeah and they always like tell you that oh it's actually really good for your teeth and I'm like cool but your teeth look like shit I don't think so yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. that's the that's the lie we've been told yes. for so many years yes um you were you were in what was it Taste of the Seacoast magazine Taste of the Seacoast yeah that was a terrible segue by yeah. the way yeah I was that's pretty cool it was cool how did that come about I have no idea yeah they uh, reached out to you they called uh, we have a PR person okay. so I think a lot of the things that happen even though it seems like cool they found me out like no somebody yeah, yeah, somebody maybe. sent an email somewhere sure um, so they called me and set up an interview. Yeah. Um, Did they come to the... No, it was over the phone. Okay. Which was cool. Who did they... Who took the picture? Was that... Uh, one of my coworkers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. So, it was weird. I don't like talking about myself. Right. Like, I don't excel at that. And I panic, even though it's not like a test. Or right. It's not live, but it was like, uh... Just, I I feel like you tend to like I mean that's part of honestly that's part of why I like doing this because this is like just a conversation and like because I did the you know the five spot in uh, the the Edge magazine so um, so my buddy Chris Hislop does those um, but it was it was a email interview thing and I I feel for me at least I tend to overthink those you're like and rereading how you're wording it and you want to sound smart but not like pretentious (laughs) and like whereas like when you're just talking especially if it's someone that I have some sort of relationship with there's there's already familiarity built in so you're just kind of like talking so and I don't edit these either so and it was funny because uh the one that uh, went up last Tuesday, uh, Marissa Companion, she was she was trying to make a point, but she was she felt that she found sounded really stupid, like getting to the point. She's like, "Hopefully, you're gonna edit that out." I'm like, "Oh, I, I don't edit these at all." And she's like, "God damn you!" Like I was like, "It's I was like, it's not to like do any sort of like gotcha thing. It's just right. like it was." I don't know. Like, I say all kinds of shit. Yeah, that's fine. Daily, so I mean, <laughs> I spend all of my time. In the same room with the same people. Right, right. So, although we have windows, there's sunlight. Yeah. We've got some blinds, though, just yeah. in case it gets to be too much. That's, uh, <laughs> it's funny. So, I'm working in the kitchen that I'm working at. Uh, it, I only, like, I usually go in at four. Like, I work yeah. four to close. And all of a sudden, a couple of weeks ago, standing in the kitchen, like, the, the sun is just blaring on me. And I was like, how come I never noticed that before? And then I realized it was the time change yep. thing because the week before, the sun was already, like... like Over the... Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's kind of a kind of a weird thing. But, yeah, I was like, we need some... Because the window is, like, I don't know, four feet by three feet. Like, oh, okay. So, and it, the kitchen in Sunny's is really weird. It's set up, it's very, very long and very, very narrow. Okay. I was and, always curious. Well, because the kitchen used to be downstairs. And, okay. And, because um, it was the barley pub for right, years. Right, for a long time. And when it was the barley pub, the kitchen was downstairs. And when they, Sunny's took it over, it was downstairs. And there still is, like, the prep kitchen is downstairs. But that used to be... Huh. 
just the kitchen kitchen okay. too. And then they there was a corner in the back. Have you been in the barley pub? No. Or have you been in the building? Okay. So it's I mean, we're in a space right now that's probably I don't know, fifteen feet by sixty feet heading. I don't know, maybe longer. Probably it's probably about sixty. Ish. Uh but uh it's probably about this long, but about maybe two thirds this width. And okay. it's, you know, so you, you know, down at the end, there's the window where the servers come and get the stuff, and then there's like the different stations, and then the, the, the fryer's closest to the dishwasher, but it's like, you know, there's not a whole lot of room to move. And mm-hmm. I'm not a tiny dude, so it's like, <laughs> It's funny because the two guys that I work with most, uh, Zach and one of them, um, are smaller guys. And it's also, we sort of have like, I don't know, like I feel like when you have a good kitchen like crew, you kind of like, you develop sort of like a body language. And like a lot of times you can just like get out of each other's way without having to be like, hey, I need to get by or whatnot. It's just sort of like understood. And I have a great relationship with them. But then there's a new guy that's on there who is like six foot four and like it just won't get out of the way yeah. and uh it's, it's just one of those things that i'm just like come on dude you know i'm coming yeah yeah especially because common sense the the plates that they have to plate the you know the, the yep. entrees on they're all stationed like above their station so yep. 30 times a night I gotta walk down there and put plates up there right and just like just just get just out move. of the way just move yeah um, the, I mean the restaurant that I worked in in Arizona was great because there was like an island uh, okay. where you know so the servers would come back and, and the, there was you know a um, uh, what do you call it a, a heat lamp yep so when it was done you put it underneath right, right. it so but so the line would just turn around, put it behind them, and then the people would come to the other side of the island and pick it up. But on top of the heat lamp was where all the dishes went. So I would okay. just come over and just reach. So yeah. I didn't have to get in there. Like, I didn't have to right. interact with those people at all. Our kitchen is pretty it's small, so it's easy for the yeah. dishwashers. They just have to turn around and put plates up on the shelf. Um, one of them tried to keep coming on the line, and I was like, dude, you get stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. You have to stop doing that. Yeah. Just yeah. hand it to me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then the very next week, he's like right behind me again. It's like, yeah. Paul, please stop doing stop, that. Stop doing that. See, it's, you it, are going to get hurt. Not the, me, you. The kid who works the, the fry part of the line most of the time with me, he'll usually, when I'm walking that way, he'll just take the plates from me, which is great. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'd be happy if all of them do it's just like you know whatever but you just kind of like develop your own yeah relationship with each people that you work with so you're so you're talking about uh the, is the real penny tavern, tavern. Real yeah penny tavern. which you are the head executive chef okay yeah, yeah. no is this this babysitter is a, yeah mom. all around uh <laughs> person keeping keeping the back of the house uh running smoothly try mm-hmm. really hard yeah. But you've been there, what? Uh, you opened the place, Yeah, you? coming up on a year. Yeah. So we opened May 8th. Okay. Um, last year. Yeah. Coming up on a year. 
How's it going? It's crazy. Uh, I've never seen actually a staffing shortage yeah. in the industry this bad. Yeah. In the time that I've been doing it, and it'll be ten years in July yeah. that I've been cooking. Have you had like crazy turnover there? No. I mean, I've had people, most of the people that I've hired stay for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, some I was happy to see go. Yeah. Some I was super bummed to see go. Yeah, that's the way the kitchen um, goes. But it's strange. It's like a really weird spot. Like Epping is totally different than Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, like I drive through Epping once a week going to work and I have no right. idea where it is. Right. Uh, do you know where Zampa Zampa's, Zampa's, I don't know if I ever say it right, uh, at the corner of 27 and 125. So. I'm trying to think, because I take, I drive down 125 to 101, so. Um, stoplight, giant shell station, mm-hmm. on the left, right across from that, on the other side of the street. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 It looks yeah, like sure. a haunted house right now. Yeah, 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 for sure. Painted really dark blue. Yeah. Dead trees, you know, huh. so springtime it's really good um i mean so how's how's business if i mean i I know it's different than portsmouth it's Uh, good yeah i mean we're doing when we first opened it was crazy Mm -hmm. i mean it was like nothing because when i opened the franklin here it was like you know we got really ready and then opened the doors and nothing really happened right, and right. then there was like a slow trickle and it took a couple of weeks for it to like really pick up and when we opened like the floodgates opened yeah it was nuts well Epping seems to be like on the upswing as far as like developing for um, sure and their food scene is kind of like they're trying I think to bridge the gap a little. Yeah. It's smack in the center of Portsmouth and Manchester. Right. And Manchester even in the last couple of years has kind of put their head in the game. Yeah. To maybe compete with Portsmouth, I don't know, but people are a lot more open to like food that's actually cooked. Right. Um like from scratch or made by hand right. as opposed to giant portions that come in microwave back. <laughs> right, right. Well, that was the thing about Sonny's that, because I ate at Sonny's a few times beforehand, and they do like a Monday special chicken sandwich. It's, I mean, it's, you know, fried chicken. Yep. And it wasn't until I worked there that I didn't I didn't realize, because I just assumed they were breaded chicken fillets that just got fried, you know, that yep. came out of a bag. And they actually, you know, they bread, hand bread them and everything to yep. order. And I was like, oh yeah, you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you know... And it's, I mean, it's still, at the end of the day, it's deep fried chicken, but it is something that was like, you know, you're like, okay, 10 minutes ago, this was raw chicken and, you know, flour and, you know, so, as opposed to just something that was heated up. Right. Which I think makes a difference. And Mm -hmm. I think people are more, they're open to that. They're like willing to pay a little bit more for something that's not... Pre-made, right. I guess. Yeah, I not know. super processed yeah. and whatnot. Um, how? So I'm assuming you 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 wrote the menu, you created. The menu. I wrote the menu. Yeah. How often does it change? Uh, here and there. Yeah. Um, it's really hard. The winter season is just the winter season. It's boring. It's the same shit. Yeah. Root vegetables. Yeah. Cool. Uh, citrus is actually a winter vegetable, but people don't necessarily recognize that right. because they equate it with like summer and spring. Summer. Um, but they are a winter. 
So it stays the same pretty much through the winter, and then it'll start to change now. Spring produce doesn't really hit for until summer, basically. Right, <laughs> like, right. It's almost summer it's, when spring produce yeah, is. Yeah, it's New England, so. so. How much, I mean, is it mostly local produce you guys use? Uh, I use, I try to when I can. Yeah. Um, last year, I was so busy and, like, just caught so off guard yeah. that I just ordered from the produce company. So it was like, I can't even... Well, you got to do what you got to like, do. I don't even know where I am. I right. just need this stuff to be here. Yeah. Um, so this year, because I, I know a lot of the farmers already from working here and working with them before. So, yeah, yeah. Um, for meat, though, I probably will stick with... I use a company out of Boston. Mm-hmm. Um they're consistent. I think a lot of people say they love supporting local meat and stuff, but if I give somebody a cheeseburger made from grass-fed cows that are raised in, you know, Lee, New Hampshire, versus the one that they've been eating for the last 30 years, right? they're going to go for the, right. the one they've been eating for 30 sure. years. Yeah. Uh, and the price point on it, unfortunately... Yeah, it makes cost prohibitive to really do that. Right. But like veggies and cheese, I've been getting a lot of cheese from uh, Bell and Goose in Southampton. Uh, You know them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's, uh, um, Andre's wife. Why am I drawing a blank on her name? Anna. Yeah, Anna. Yeah, I see her. I, you know, I mean, I knew them from, I mean, I knew her from before working at the farm at Eastman's Farms or whatever it's called this week. Um, which is, I mean, that's where you and I met, actually. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've known Andre for years, and, you know, I go to the farmer's market in Portsmouth, like, once a month, uh, and usually we get some cheese from her. So, yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's really good. Um, yeah, she does a really, really nice job. Yeah. Uh, so I bring stuff in like that to highlight, especially the ones that are that close right. to us. Yeah. Um, so hopefully this summer we'll see. Um, I'll get a lot more local stuff yeah. in. What's, uh, I mean, like, what's what's the menu like? Oh, uh, uh, it's a mix. Yeah. There's Tavern Fair. Um, tavern's a hard name to put on a restaurant. Yeah. Kind of Why is that? It just kind of limits. Uh, like, if we were in? just the rail penny, mm-hmm. then it's like, cool, we can do whatever we want. Um, but people see tavern and they think probably something more like Sunny's or like the Barley Pub was, sure. or what's the other one there? Furies? Yeah. Like that darker kind of yeah. like burgers and whatever. So there's a mix of burgers and tavern fare, I suppose. Um, kind of like what I would consider to be bar food. Yeah. Um, and then my background is mostly Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of that influence. Um, stuff that I've pulled from restaurants I've worked at. Yeah. Um, so I would say, I think we, what do we say? Casual fine dining? Maybe mm. new American? It's a new buzzword. It's terrible. Means nothing. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Think, what yeah. does that mean? Right. It's like alternative <laughs> music. Yeah. New American, well, like American would have been fine. Right. You could have just said that that's what it is. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, food, music, whatever. We, for some reason, we have the need to label stuff, but also come up with new labels all the time. Right. Because, like, you can't, like, just, like, 
something like it has you have to be developing new styles. Exactly. Yeah. The labels for restaurants are funny. Yeah. Um, Farm to table is a funny one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's one that always like bothered me, especially it's because it's a buzzword. It's just a buzzword. Right. It's not the amount of people that are like, oh yeah, we're a farm table restaurant. Yeah. No, you're not. You use three farms right. twice a month. Yeah. That's not farm to table. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because technically, like, the farm to table label insinuates everything comes from one farm to right. that. Right. Yeah. Or even if it's coming from all farms. Or many farms. But that's still, it. Right. Yeah. So it's always been something that I thought was funny. And then when I worked for Matt Lewis, he said... He like oh, he would get so mad. Um, so he was like, so fucking stupid, fucking idiot, dumb. Uh, and I was like, okay, whoa, whoa, like why? Why yeah. is that stupid? Why is it such a problem? And he was like, he had a really good point. He said it's proper stuffs is what he calls it. So proper stuffs. He's a lot. He's a weird guy. Huh. Um, even if he hears this, he, I would tell him to his face. He's a weird dude. Uh, <laughs> so he means basically like proper sourcing. Like, don't call it farm to table. That's dumb. Like, ideally, everything should be farm to table in his eyes. So it's proper stuff, proper sourcing, getting it. Like, when you're buying local, you're buying it from people that aren't ruining the land. Right. Um, you're buying it from people that aren't just like dumping pounds of trash everywhere. Right. Um, and they're, most of them around here, especially because they're all still small, are doing things the way that they've been done, right. you know, like that. Yeah. Um, which makes a lot of sense. Um, farm to table is, like, cool as a buzzword. I think it's died now. Sure. Now I don't know what it is. I don't know what the new buzzword is. In 2018. Well, I mean, if you don't know, I certainly don't know. I'm, I'm just the dish guy. I, I don't know. I don't... That's the MVP, though. Uh, yeah, and it's it's one of those things that, like, I didn't even realize it was something that I was, like, took pride in until, like, a couple of servers said something to me a couple weeks ago. They're like, hey, we want you to know we really appreciate it. And I was like, yeah, it's what the dishwasher should be doing. They're like, yeah, but the other guy doesn't. Yeah. And they're like, none of the dishwashers we've had. And I'm just like, okay. I was like, I'm basically, I like... Yes, I do the dishes, but it's like if something needs to, like, you got to run downstairs and grab something, or if, you know, they're in over their heads on the floor and I can help out for 10 minutes, do it. So, you know, and I'm like, yeah, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know, just don't make me make the decisions. So, yeah, easy. That's good. I have a lot of high school kids. Uh, my staff right now is mostly high school kids. Really? Uh, once that comes on board, That'll increase my age average a little. Right, uh, right. It's good. Yeah, I have, right now, I have a guy that's just got out of the Navy somewhat recently. Mm. I mean, maybe. There's a lot of holes in his stories, but. Well, uh, that's that's typical of kitchen workers, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he is, like, in his 20s, mid-20s, early 20s, and then everybody else is in high school. Okay. I, um... Which is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, that's gonna be... Like, it's exhausting. Um, and I hate to jump on the millennial bandwagon, because I think technically I'm a millennial. Where you were you born? 91. 
I think that makes me a millennial. I think it's like the mid nineties, right? I think so. Yeah. We googled it at work the other day. Yeah, I think it's like ninety five. Yeah. Like yeah. So technically, I'm a millennial, which feels terrible. Well, I think <laughs> I think there's such a stigma kind of attached to that. Like, I don't know. It's sort of thrown around pejoratively right now. Right. Um, which is, I, I think, somewhat unfair. But, I mean, being Generation X myself, I got that 20 years ago. So Okay. You know, I do think it's a little unfair. I also think that the generations are, that's a large gap. Because there's a big difference between myself and the 17 and 18-year-old kids. Sure. Um, yeah. That I have working for me. Yeah. In terms of just like everything, but I guess a lot. I mean, a lot has changed in the last twenty years, ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So well, I mean, you're how old are you? Twenty-seven. Okay. I just turned twenty-seven uh-huh. in January, which is weird. Because yeah. now I can say like, yeah, it's twenty years ago. Jesus, fuck! I remember what happened twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I remember being there twenty yeah. years ago. <laughs> I, I mean, so the year you were born, I was a sophomore in high school, um, and I remember when uh, when I was so when I was working at the farm, and I was talking to. Do you remember that kid Travis who worked there, Travis Romo? Yes. So he was talking about Batman movies, and I was talking about seeing the first Michael Keaton Batman movie in the theater and being all excited about it. He's like, he's like, oh, you saw that theater? I was like, yeah. He was like, wait, what year did it come out? And I was like, '89. He was like, yeah, I was, I was born. Uh, like, I think he was born in like '95. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I definitely didn't see that. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still think of the 90s as I was like oh yeah that was like 10 years ago yeah. and I was like no that was like 20 plus years ago yeah uh, the kids that worked for me were born uh, the year of 9-11 yeah. uh, or just before it so they were one yeah um, and I was like do you learn about that in textbook like in school yeah and they were like yeah so this is what my parents felt like like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think about that because, you know, I mean, I was, I, I mean, most of the people that I, you know, have conversations with on a regular basis, can all, you can ask anyone, like, you know, most people remember where they were yeah. when you know, September 11th, uh, 2001 for any of you millennials uh, <laughs> listening, uh, happened. I mean, I was working at Best Buy that day, and we watched it live on TV. But, yeah, to meet, like, people who were, like, either you know, too young to remember or not born yet. It was, wow. It's crazy. Yeah. I was in fifth grade uh, at Barrington Elementary School. Uh, they didn't tell us anything, because they were children. Yeah. Uh, they just came over the loudspeaker, like the intercom, and said, uh, Jillian, around your activities are canceled for the day. Mm-hmm. And I have skating practice. And I was like, what do you mean? What? Yeah. Never canceled. Never. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Snow, rain, sleet, freezing temperatures, never canceled. I was like, that's weird. Yeah. My friend's mom was picking us up, and I was like, what happened? She was like, just get on your bus and go home. And I was like, but why? Yeah. And then it was on the TV when I got home. It's crazy just in the last, because I was, you know, 
16 and a half, 17 years ago, if that same event happened today with how everyone has a cell phone, like we would all know instantly. Immediately. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that you were like waiting for oh my goodness, that's updates so true. on television. Yeah. Like, tele- like because nobody really gets their news from television anymore, but we did right. then, and it was we were all for like, you know, for several days, and then the weeks that followed, everyone was always watching the news to TV, like yeah. what was going on. I mean, it was one of those things that I remembered when I was in high school, thinking, you know, because there was the, the Vietnam War and World War Two before that, and I was like, and it, I mean, we had Desert Storm, but like that at the time didn't feel like a real war to me like I didn't know anyone who had gone over there and then and I remember thinking in high school like very naively I'm like man our generation doesn't have a war to define us and then like since 2001 we've we've been at war we've been at war for you know 17 years now it's crazy and like who knows if and when we ever won't be there it doesn't even make sense anymore. Yeah. Um, it's so weird. I'm uh, I'm shifting not because I'm antsy. I they, uh, bruised my tailbone a few oh, weeks ago, so it's like rough, brutal. It's one of those things brutal. that I've had a couple a couple friends who do roller derby, and they're like, "Yeah, it would have been better if you had broken it because they can do something for that." That like when yeah. you bruise it, it's just it sucks Misery. for like yeah. weeks and weeks. At I've time. probably done it a dozen times. Really? Yeah. Just take your skin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Just, just everyday casual, just casual activities. Well, I I did not do it figure skating. I uh, slipped on the ice during one of the storms oh. and like landed right on it. Yep. On cement steps. Yep. Knocks like, the wind out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was one of those things because I had I had fallen not on my tailbone. I fell uh, on my back and like had like a back injury for a couple of days, like six weeks before that. And so as soon as I fell this time, I was like, I'm getting right up because I know when I'm going to get stiff in a second yeah. and it's going to be a lot harder. So you kind of like, I use like the momentum of like, oh shit, yeah. just get up. But like, yeah, it's because my piece of shit landlord doesn't shovel the steps or throw salt down or anything. Good. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. Super. I like him a lot. He's really yeah. great. He sounds like a nice guy. I fell on the stairs at work a couple months ago. I don't know how long ago. Yeah. And I landed so that the step, like the edge of the step, caught me like right. I'm guessing where my kidney lives. Right. Um, and it took a month to heal. Yeah. And I kept texting my sister because she's an athletic trainer, like trying to take pictures of it. Like Bethany. Yeah. She's like, are you peeing blood, Jillian? No, you're fine. Are you sure it hurts real fast? Yeah. How long is it gonna hurt? Yeah. That's what she's there for. Yeah. I just send her pictures with arrows drawn, like with this my running injuries. Right. Or, like I hurt my knee over a year ago now, um, running, and I haven't been able to run since. So I would just send her, I had to take a picture and draw multiple arrows. Right, right. And she tells me to do a bunch of things, I don't do them. Two weeks later, I text her again. So. And does she like, have you been running? Yeah, yeah. Or she'll say, well, did you... No, I didn't. No, didn't do anything she told me. No, I didn't. I didn't take it easy or stay off of it. Uh, well, because, I mean, you're... I mean, I, I can't. You're on your feet constantly at work, and you're... Probably, I mean, yeah, 12, 10, 12 hours a day. 
six days a week. Yeah. I'm sure even though I know that this is your day off, I'm sure you'll do something involving work at some uh, point today. Yep, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, I think the thing, yeah, there's always paperwork, yeah. which being a sous chef before and like being in the business for a while now, I knew happened. Yeah. I've never been responsible. Um, like orders and lists and like that kind of stuff, sure. Um, but now I'm like, oh my God, I have to write the schedule. Like it's Sunday night at 8 p.m. The schedule starts tomorrow and I right, right. haven't written it yet. Yeah. Or, oh, I need to type up all of these recipes because they're all in my head and I know how to do it. What but, other people have but to be now, able to do. Right. Yeah. I need to be able to delegate and mm. let go of the reins. And especially now being so short-staffed, be able to say it's in the book. Yeah. Uh, you know, to whatever page is in there. Is, uh, how easy does delegation come to you? Not easy. Well, you, Not easy at all. I mean, you've always struck me as someone who, I mean, because you're a very determined person. Yeah. Uh, and you're a very hardworking person. So you struck me as someone who would just be like, I need it done a certain way. I'm just going to do it myself. Do it. Yeah. Even like mopping the floors and things that, uh, I think of my first boss, James, was the same way. Like, super nice. Uh, I don't know if I'm super nice. I think they would say nice. But, like, pretty down to earth. But there were certain things that I was like, God, he's so ill about that. Like, yeah. chill, man. And now, like, there I am on my You're hands like, and knees, uh, like, it. scrubbing walls. Right. And, right. You know, I see one thing or, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, just give me the squeegee. You're not doing it right. Just, just, just give it to me. No, I'll do it. No, please don't. Just stop. Just Let I'm me, just gonna do it. It must be done this way. Um, well, and also, I mean, I'm sure at least part of that is we're having mostly high school kids working yeah. for you. Which, it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, well, because most of them are not. That this is not what they want to be doing with right. their life. It's most just what they're doing know, for right now. Right, because they need money and it's close to home and it's just. Oh, God, I owe my mother such an apology. When I was a kid, my parents would always say shit like, do you think I say this to hear myself talk? Or right. like, Jillian, I might as well be talking to the wall. And I was like, whatever. Yeah. And now I, I think these things right. in my head. I'm like, Constantly. oh, my God. Like the same thing over. <laughs> like daily. To, to the same people. And yeah. I'm just like, I know you guys hurt, I know you hurt me. I know you did. <laughs> I said it to you, your eyes were making contact yes, with my I, eyes. You, I know that you heard me. Uh, yeah. So that's exhausting. Being the big boss is different. Right. Um, hmm. That's not something... Because this was all just really sprung on me. Um, the whole the job. Mm-hmm. It all came up like in a really strange like roundabout way. I was going to leave the Franklin for something new. This was happening. We're the same restaurant family. Yep. So, you know, there I was suddenly um, in this position, which is great. And it was like the fast track to learning how to manage a kitchen by sure. yourself. Sure. Um, which a lot of it is just second nature to me at this point. Yeah. Um, I've been lucky to work in mostly professional kitchens yeah. where, you know, there is an order to things. And sure. It's not a free-for-all. Sure. Um, but, like, not having to be like, oh, yeah, let me just go ask chef or, like, let me see what she- Or, like, you have to ask chef that. Like, shit, that's me. That's me. 
it. Yeah, I can't like, turn over my shoulder I, to the next person because yeah, like, I am the I last have to in make line. this decision. Yeah. Or like when everybody's sick, or I had a guy show up drunk a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, like just hammered, drunk, and never sobered up. So he was doing some sort of other thing as well, because I know how that works. Sure. Um, sure. And after four hours, I was like, dude, you should just be, like, miserable by now. Right. Like, have a headache and be eating French fries. Right. Not uh, whatever this is. Yeah. Um, so I had to fire him, um, which sucks, because I really needed him. Yeah. Because um, I'm really, yeah, that's, really desperate. Man, but that's it was, really he had suck. already screwed me over a few times. Um, can't bullshit a bullshitter kind of thing. Sure. Like, call me, like, oh, I, I got robbed and I had to find who robbed me and I forgot I had to work. And I was like, what? Like, that's not, what? You're like, no, nah, you but you're supposed to be here. Somebody on foot for, it took you nine hours to find somebody. Right. Uh, and you forgot about the job that pays you money. So... Yeah. Uh, so that actually sucked because I did have to fire him, which has left me worse than I was before as terms of staffing. Right. But at the same time, if I didn't fire him, then it's kind of like, well, we would still be there. Probably would have already screwed me over another right. couple of times. Right. So. Is it the first time you've had to fire someone? Uh, no, I had to fire somebody else. Uh, sort of the same deal. Um, it's easier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess when there's a reason. Sure. I think it's harder. It's harder when people give me their notice. I think than me firing people. Yeah. Some people have given their notice and I've been stoked. Um, there yeah. were some like pretty bad eggs on the team when we first opened. Yeah. Um, just like really toxic, bad attitude. Um, which isn't fun when you're in a box with people for many hours for a day sure. in a week. Um, but when people, I've had two people that really like give me their notice and I always like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Because then I'm like, I'm sad, I'm bummed because we're friends. So we do spend so much time together. Right. Um, you know that we're like pretty good friends by the time it rolls around but then I'm also like shit no, no. I'm so screwed <laughs> it's gonna be tough not to take it kind of personally if it's someone that you get along with well too uh, it isn't it isn't I always tell them the same thing like it's business it's still business and that's like a really cold statement no. uh, my boyfriend says it all the time because he's very business minded yeah. and logical um, mathematical, like he's very much probably the opposite of how I operate. Yeah. So for him, everything is a business transaction. Yeah. He's also a salesman, so um, he's always like, "Well, it's business," yeah. but it seems like really impersonal to say that. But it is at the end of the day. Um, sure. I do understand that. So I, I mean, my sous chef left uh, about a month ago, and he apparently was like sweating for days before telling me. So he didn't yeah. want to tell me, but when he did, I was like, as long as you're not doing something less than what you're doing now, then it's cool. Right. Like we're the same age. We're in our late twenties. Yeah. You know, like these decisions kind of have to be made, and if it's a better opportunity, then that's cool. Sure. Um, yes. I think I would take it personally if they went to do something 
like, they like if they went to donuts. like be a line cook at like this neighboring restaurant right. I'd be like really right. <laughs> but both people that I really like that have given their notice are doing like better things like a better move for them where it makes sense sure, um, sure. so I never really take that kind of stuff personally yeah because um, I get it I've been there I think I, I almost cried the first kitchen job I left. Yeah. Because I worked, well, I worked with the chef for four years. And then I was, that's actually when I went to the farm. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Well, it was funny. I mean, that place was, like, fairly chaotic. And it was one of those things that, like, the, because I was, you, we didn't actually work there together for all that long. Not long. You came in and then I got sick right. for a while. But it was I, it, it was maybe like a month, maybe six weeks. But yeah. it was one of those things that like it was, and it was in a kind of state of turmoil, being of turnover at that point. Yep. And it was one of those things that like if I walked in and saw that you were there, I was like, right, find someone that I can kind of like <laughs> talk to and have a little bit of sanity. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a wild ride. Yeah. That place for me. Yeah, oh, I can imagine. Um, it was the only job I've ever been fired from, which was cool. Right. Um, we both cried right. in like separate rooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which was cool, but I. Well, because it was a friend that had to yeah. fire you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I deserved to get fired for yeah. sure. I was not. I don't think that the job description was necessarily clear. Right. Um, and I think in the turmoil and when everything happened, a lot of things that I had prepared to get through kind of the tough season were taken. Yeah. Um, and I was just kind of left with, like, just kind of, like, no idea. Right. Um, and I was in way over my head. Like, I can cook stuff. I know that. But I was nowhere near ready to have any sort of... Well, you you kind of left to your own devices a lot, weren't you? Right, and then there was a lot of just like really random things. Like there was no like now I think that they have a good direction. I mean, they, obviously they brought in a chef and they had all these things, but it yeah. was like we want prepared meals, we want muffins. Well, let's have a soup out here. So it's just like, uh, and I was inexperienced at that time. Sure. And kind of like a management role so I definitely deserved to get fired hmm. I was pretty pissed it was the day after Christmas sure. at 8am so I could have slept in and been fired Christmas Eve I would have right. rather been fired Christmas Eve before leaving right. than fired the day after Right. Um, because the whole like well they didn't want me to do it before Christmas it's the day after it's not holly and jolly anymore right. <laughs> like right. spirit of the season is over it's over yeah <laughs> like, 12.01am yeah. Uh, so, well, you were also at the time, at least when I was there, you had to share the kitchen with someone else who, sure yeah, which, you know, I won't name that person only, it's funny because it's, it's someone who sells stuff at a lot of places locally, but whenever I see it, see that it's like all local produce and I'm like, not really, but it isn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I learned a lot. I think I got a lot out of that yeah, experience for, for sure. sure. Yeah. But it was not enjoyable. <laughs> no. Well, and it was someone that, like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I love this person's food. And I'm like, let me tell you some shit. And yeah. I'm just like, you know. Yeah. But it, and it was also kind of eye opening to be like, oh, there's, it's sort of like with a lot of the 
like the local level stuff like that, it's kind of like the wild, wild west. There's not a whole lot of checks and balances that what this person right. says they're doing is what they're actually right. doing. So I think that that's like most of the food industry, though. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's like organic or yeah. grass-fed or free-range yeah. or... Um, so I, I mean, I don't pay attention to any of that stuff. Well, it's all, I mean, like you were saying earlier, it's all buzzwords. I mean, um, going back to, you know, I had a long conversation with, uh, Andre Catelmo years ago because, you know, his, uh, Heron Pond Farm, um, they're not certified organic. Um, but he was talking to me about all the stuff you have to do to actually get certified organic and. Right. There are certain chemicals, quote unquote, organic chemicals you have to treat yep. your stuff with. And he's like, this is far less organic than what most New England farmers are doing naturally. And he's like, and just because it's all small farms, you just don't have the land because you have to set certain land aside yep. for X, Y, and Z. And he's like, they just, you don't have the land to do that. It's right. so hard. And he's like, you know, the certain certified organic farmers around here are putting way more shit in their in their produce right. than people who aren't certified. Right, and there's a lot of them too that are organic farmers but they can't be certified. Right. Because it's such a headache. So Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that a lot of people read, you know, an article online and they're like, oh, so I should be getting certified organic, but don't understand what it means right. and don't understand why they want that right. so when someone who actually is doing something that's good for them and then they say but are you certified organic no but let me tell you as soon as they hear the right. no they're shutting yeah. down yeah. even though they don't understand what right. they're even asking for yeah it's pretty funny because I find myself a lot of times in a position where like I know that the American food industry is pretty terrible oh yeah however it also pays my <laughs> Sure. Uh, so I find myself kind of torn because I do think that our farming practices are awful. I don't think that it's beneficial. I think it's pretty, it's pretty gross. Right. However, I'm also purchasing pounds and pounds and pounds of meat a week. Right. Um, but it's a really tough kind of line to draw because it's not going to change. Yeah. There's no way around it. Um, well, and there's no way that you are going to be able to right. change it. Me and the Rail Pony Tavern are not right. going to reinvent the farming wheel, um, <laughs> which is good because I kill most plants. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I killed a jade plant. Really? Oh, yeah. Like shriveled up, dead. Not like, oh, maybe it'll survive. No. Right. Fully dead. Yeah, that's um, an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah, they're supposed to be good luck. Right. So that explains that everything for the last eight years. I think that's when I got it. I don't know. It was a housewarming gift, the very first apartment I moved into in Portsmouth. I killed that thing. We seem to be doing fairly well. Yeah, you know? doing alright. Yeah. Can't complain. Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I, was tr- I was thinking... This morning as I was getting ready, I was like, I'm trying to remember the last time we saw each other. Because I think it had been like over a year ago or something like that. It's been a while. Yeah. I think we got coffee at some point. Yeah. 
enforcement. Like but it was it was before you were at the rail pen. Yeah, it was so. before that. Yeah. And I popped into Franklin Oyster House a couple times, yep. just like randomly. But yeah, no, but I mean, I you know I see when you post stuff and whatnot, and like I don't know, it seems like stuff's going. Well, you have a you have a dog. I have a dog. Yeah. He's a good boy. <laughs> I love and my he, dog. He's still alive, so you're doing something yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, we have a cat. Really? Uh, our cat's name is Puss. Did you get the cat after the dog? No. The cat is uh, Jay, my boyfriend's cat, which is why his name is Puss. Fair enough. So then I say things that make him laugh a lot, like, Cooper, stop licking Puss, or... You s- like Cooper's normal- your dog, I'm assuming? Yes, Cooper is the dog. Uh, you say things that you would normally say to your cat, like, right. but because his name is Puss... That sends Jay into a fit of laughter because he thinks it's hysterical. Sure, well. Boys will be boys forever, I suppose. We're all children. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the uh, number of the age yeah. is. Yeah. Now I just hang my head in shame whenever I say something because I know. I won't even look at him because I You're know. Like, I know he's laughing. Yeah, he's like snickering in the corner. Right. Um, but Cooper, the dog, is a lot of fun. Uh, he's got anxiety. <laughs> of course he does. So he gets Prozac every morning. He gets 20 milligrams of Prozac uh, because so we adopted him from Chico and Dover, and I love them. Yeah. Um, they were really great. Uh, they let us come in and walk dogs even before like we could technically adopt them. Right. Um, which I appreciate because the dogs need to be walked. Sure. So some shelters in this area won't name names, don't let you do that, and they're pretty rude about it. Really? Um, unless you were like going to adopt, hmm. um, but Kachiko, they were like, "Are you planning on adopting like in the next year?" And we were like, "Yes, yes, we are." Yeah. Uh, so then we, yeah, I fell in love with every dog that we walked. Yeah, I understand uh, that. Every single one. Uh, poor Jay. Every time I would drive home and say, "We have to get it. We have to. That's the one. We have to get it." Yeah. Um, and then whatever and whatever and whatever, and then we found Cooper. Uh, Cooper ended up being the one. Originally, I wanted to walk him because a woman I know has cattle dogs, and I was going to send her a picture, you know, try to guilt her into this dog. Sure. And uh, now he's mine. And then you fell on the so, dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's good for us. He's a good apartment dog. Yeah. But he's got pretty bad separation anxiety. Um, and you're gone a lot. So. I'm gone a lot. Yeah. Jay's home sometimes. Uh, so we had him in Dover for a month and then we moved and I think when we moved it was just like way too many transitions sure for him yeah uh, so enter the pros <laughs> oh it's great it's good every time he hears a pill bottle he comes running so nice. Nice. that's exciting my uh yeah my dog didn't handle moving very well so my dog's a rescue dog yeah and got her similar way me and my girlfriend at the time we would volunteer uh, on the weekends yep. to like walk these rescue dogs and she was one she would get adopted because she's really cute and she's also deaf so okay. she would get brought back like the week later because deaf dogs have different needs than other right. dogs and um, it's funny because she's she's almost 10 now and I you know been like I had, the, I had the realization a couple of years ago because it's the first dog that I've had as an adult. Yeah. Not like family dog growing up. And I was like, oh god, this dog's gonna die on me at some point. Yeah. I was like, I'm not prepared for that. Nope. Like I don't have any kids or anything, and I'm like, this is like the closest I will come to having kids. And I was, yep. but I was like, okay, 
So the next dog I get, but I'm like, her her being deaf is actually kind of a blessing for me because I'm gone a lot too. Yeah. And so she just conks out like, you know, like right. sounds don't wake her up. Right. So she's a really good sleeper. So I'm like, it actually kind of works out for me. And I was like, yeah. oh man, I got to be on the market for a deaf dog. Uh, well, there's one that I've seen. Uh, her name's Ginger. She's a cattle dog. She's red. And she has like a black circle around one eye. Uh, and I keep looking at her, but I don't think we're equipped for a deaf dog. Yeah. Uh, or especially a deaf cattle dog. Because mm. uh, they need, like, tons of exercise. Sure, sure. Uh, Cooper's like a mix. We don't know what he's mixed with. I'm eventually going to do the DNA test. Yeah. I just need to know. Mm. Um, and I don't have kids. Yeah. I don't think we plan on having kids. I'm too selfish for kids right now. Be 27, there's nothing wrong with that. Right, I think, and we both, you know, both Jay and I are. um, You know, he, it wouldn't be fair to me to give up my career, and I wouldn't expect the same of him. Sure. So, and I mean, the more, I don't know, I thought I really, really wanted kids. Um, There's a time in my life, I'm sure you'll remember, I was dating somebody who was pretty serious. Sure. And I, and I wanted kids, and he didn't. That was a deal breaker. I was a child. I was 20, so I shouldn't have even been thinking about kids. But the more and more I think about it, or I see my friends with kids, I'm like, you can't, you can't just like go to the grocery store like real quick if you right. want. Or and that's the selfish part. Uh, I see both sides. I see like, well, what happens when you know we're sixty or seventy or eighty, and we don't have any offspring to take care of us? I don't know. It's weird because the word selfish has such a negative connotation to it, but it's right. You know, it's responsible, maybe. Well, cer- I mean. certainly environmentally <laughs> responsible. I mean. You know, I've said it on this podcast many times before, but, like, my oldest stepsister has eight kids herself. So it's like, you know, between my natural siblings and my three step-siblings, there's, they've got us covered for, you know, replacing the next generation. You know, my older brother has five. And, you know, it's, it's, it's insane. It's, it's so, expensive. Yep. I mean... Shit. Yeah. (laughs) My God. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I just don't. Well, it's like, it's such a, I mean, if you're a parent who's even halfway decent, it's going to be consuming the large part of your life for an 18-year chunk of time just for one kid. And I look at, like, you know, like... Our, our mutual friends who we were talking about earlier who they have four kids and their youngest is like she's like a year and a half and their yeah. oldest is like I, like almost 16 and I'm like that's a huge like yeah. you know gap I mean huge yeah yeah I mean huge gap when the youngest one is like 10 or some you know yeah you know not even in high school yet yeah yeah the oldest is going to be finishing college yeah yeah. And they just got a puppy. Of course they did. Yeah, I pet the shit out of it. I haven't, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them in, in a while. Yeah. I haven't seen them since the summer. <laughs> so it's just I sort of like. It's funny because I'll I'll text him 
you know, fairly regularly. And then, you know, I just sort of inferred. I'm like, okay, so this is what's going on with your family now. This is what's going on right. now. So it's one of those things. That yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just exhausting. And some people have it. Like, my sister has the kid gene. That's what I call it. Like, yeah. She knows what to do with kids. And, like, she, like, just naturally responds. And I'm, like, oh, hi. Yeah. Hello. Oh, okay. Uh, I got nothing. I... <laughs> Love my 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 youngest brother. Uh, he has a son. I love my nephew. He's the only one who he's the only one of my siblings who has who lives in this country in this continent. So it's the only okay. it's the only niece or nephew I have to actively interact with um, or get to, depending right. on how you look at it. But and I love him to death. But like we went out for Easter dinner and just, you know, it was like an hour that we were out and the number of times my brother had to like, and he's a pretty well-behaved kid. Just like, I've told you this, like, make eye contact with me if you do this one more time. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm exhausted from an hour and you've been doing this six years now. You've got at least 12 more. Like, Yeah, that's how I feel at work. It's that same... Yeah. Like not, I don't ever like not to take anything away from single moms. I work with a few, but I tell them sometimes, I'm like, is this how you feel all the time? Yeah. Like the only like, it, like you made them. I had nothing to do with these guys. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Like, what did I tell you? Oh, you told me this. Then why didn't you do it? I don't know. Or what did I tell you? Oh, to do it this way. Why didn't you? Well, I just thought maybe it would look better this way. Cool. I make the rules. Right. Just and like, hey, pick this up. Hey, are you done using this? So then I think about like when I, if I were to like have to actually be responsible for that yeah. thing, twenty four hours a day. Yeah. Three hundred sixty five days a year for eighteen years. I don't yeah. think I could do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm cool with dogs. I mean, we have a limit supposedly until we find a house. Right. Once we get a house, there's still a limit, a three dog limit. Sure. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's I don't know necessarily think you couldn't do it because you're. I mean, you're a fairly adaptable person, but being able to do it and having the desire to do it are right. two totally different things. Right. Very different. Yeah. yeah. I have a. It's my. I have a friend who she's from here, but she lives in California now, and was you know very similar kind of stance on children as what you were just saying and then her and her partner got pregnant yep. uh, and they they now have two kids and it's she's completely changed and was like is a great mom but never wanted to have kids right. but once it was like oh this is what's happening right. okay cool so it's, and that's how we are too kind of it's yeah. like if it were to happen sure roll with the punches I mean, and cool. adapt you know we're responsible right. um with paying jobs and whatever yeah. but and I think that that would all change too mm-hmm. as opposed to like now sitting here not pregnant Right. My dog's my best friend. <laughs> right. But, I mean, it's funny because I think culturally for so long, cer- certainly being a, being a male, I've seen the projection that if a woman doesn't want to have kids, there's something wrong with her. Right. And I'm just like, no, these 
these are the people that are actually keeping the world running. Right. While everyone else is wiping, you know, yeah, wiping butts and cleaning cereal off kids' faces and saying, put that down, don't swallow. Yeah. So. I think, too, I mean, when I was, let's see, when I was, like, 23, um, I'd been sober for a little while, and I had this, like, total crisis moment, like, sheer panic, I'm gonna die alone, like, totally off the deep end, like, losing my shit, and, uh, finally, it took me a little while, and then I realized, well, Okay, my mom, you know, married my dad when she was 23, 24, had my sister when she was 27, me when she was 28 or 29, so it was like the timeline of what I thought was supposed to happening to be happening wasn't happening, and I was like, oh no. Right. And then once I realized, like, oh, this is just because, you know, the only female kind of role model or who I looked up to when I was a kid... That's how her life went, and now I said that mine isn't going that way. Right. So I was like, okay, I don't have to get married right now and have kids and like do all this shit. Like I'm gonna be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I probably won't die alone. Maybe I don't know. Right. But no need to panic at 23. Right. Right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's interesting that like my experience has been like the older that I've gotten the more you see, like, the more people I've met who have lived, like, you know, gone down different paths than what is, I don't even want to say expected, because, you know, people have all all different expectations of people, but it's, like, what is talked about from all the time, just, like, I don't know, you can do kind of whatever you want, you know, you just have to figure out what makes the most sense for you. Yeah. It was loud as fuck in here. Really loud. So many people. Yeah. It was. I was. I was actually had coffee here yesterday too. Um, got here at noon and it was like nothing like this. So. Yeah. I always anticipate or I expect places to not be busy on my days off. Right. It's probably the only perk about not having weekends off. I don't really care. I haven't had weekends off in so long now that. Right. Like, when I get a random Saturday off, I either don't know what to do, or I, like, go to to the store, like, Target, and I'm like, oh, there's so many people. Right. Why is it so busy? Right. So it's not Monday at 11 a.m. or, like, 2 in the afternoon. Um, So I like having my week. Days. But then I'm always I see that people like shouldn't you be working? Right. Don't you really Even jobs? though I'm not. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not working. Maybe right. you think the same about me. Yeah. But I just assume that everybody else has like a normal job. Well, it's funny because uh, you know you're you're very youthful looking too. So I'm sure there's someone in here right now that's like shouldn't that girl be in school? Be, right. Oh God. A man should take his daughter to school right now. Why is she skipping school? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, how long has been going? Oh, look at that. We got over an hour. Nice. That's pretty good. I mean, you got anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. No, I, I, I mean, that's the thing going into this. I don't have, like, I don't I had no idea. Questions. Yeah, I thought I was getting questioned. I had no idea what was happening. No, it's just a chat. I mean, nice. we, I mean you're, you know, an executive chef, and we talked about restaurants a bit, but it was just like, I was like, oh, that might happen. Might not. Yeah. Who knows? You know. It's pretty much the only thing I know anything about. 
I had a conversation with my coworker because we were like joking, like, what would you do if? Like, I've had the thought uh, before I came to the farm and even after I left the farm, like, you know what, maybe I want to take a break. What would I do? And there's, I get nothing. I've been cooking professionally for 10 years. And I enjoy it. Not all the time, but I enjoy it and I'm good at it and I have a good time doing it. So then I think, like, what would I do? What's, I, I get nothing. Like, I, just, I can't sit behind a desk. I can't, stuff oh yeah, there's like tons of stuff, but I just am like weird. I've never even considered another. It's funny because so my buddy Matt, who lives up in Montpelier, Vermont, he works for the state, but he's basically, um, and this is not his job description, but the, the easiest catch-all way to explain is he's a life coach for troubled youths. Okay. Like, it, kids who've gotten in trouble, and he basically walks them through, like, how to actually, like, go through life. And, yep. like, you know, and, um, I don't know, you're, you've always struck me as someone who knows how to figure stuff out. Not necessarily putting it into action, but as right. far as, like, coming up with like action plans and and I'm not even talking about for your own life per se but like um, you're certainly a critical thinker but you're also you're you're a fairly empathetic person whether or not you you give give that off maybe not on my face I don't know my face is like an open book sometimes though I find myself in meetings going Jillian what's your face doing right what's your face doing right (laughs) shit shit I have I have the worst poker face I gave up (laughs) don't make eye contact yeah especially if I'm irritated or annoyed that's not something that I've ever hidden well yeah uh so I'm not going to say that's been happening a lot lately, sure. but maybe it has, and it's just, like, I just feel like that permanent, like, disdain is on sure. my face. Well, if I'm, if I'm angry, my, my head turns red, and I'm just really? like, oh, yeah, and, like, people are like, you look pissed, and I'm like, it's because I am, <laughs> um, and, you know. I'm also one of those people that likes to talk stuff out most of the time. So if okay. I'm not talking to you about it, I'm like, that means I'm too mad to form like okay, yep. coherent like sentences and whatnot. So I'm like, let's we're, let's not just, talk about let's it. Let's just pause. There you go. I mean, it doesn't happen all that often, but I'm a yeah. pretty, pretty laid back person most of the time. So when I do get that angry, I'm like, yeah, I'm not at a place where... Yeah, I'd say that I'm pretty similar to that. I don't get that mad that often, but yeah. when I do, it's... Oh, well, Bad. yeah, and it's well known that. <laughs> so, but I have to. I can't yell. I'm not a yeller. I'm not yeah. built for yelling. Yeah. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> I'm Fair not enough. threatening. Right. I'm not very intimidating. You say that, although. Although, actually, people have told me before that I am. You, when I first met you, before we worked together, I met you at like a. It was an event at Eastman's Corner, um, and I was like, I was, I found you super intimidating. I don't know why, but um, I don't. Cause I mean, people say that about me all the time when they they're like, oh, when I first met you, and I'm like, okay, but I mean, part of it's you know, shaved head, tattoos, big dude, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm a baby. Yeah. But um, I don't know. A lot, a lot of people say it, and I'm just kind of like, really? 
Yeah. And in some ways, like when they start, like in this case recently, when they start working for me, like that makes sense. Sure. Because um, they're automatically in a in a position yeah, okay. underneath right. you. Yeah. Not to mention they're like awkward high school teenagers. I'm a chick, but I'm also their boss. Right. They still don't really know how to interact with females as it yeah. is. Sure. Uh, well, you're also you're you're fairly outspoken you say what's on your mind yep. and don't really mince words so that can certainly well especially for teenagers where I'm yeah. sure they don't know a ton of people like that yeah that's true yeah I always find it funny when people say that I'm intimidating I would say standoffish maybe not standoffish unapproachable I've gotten that before I mean that can intimidate people I don't know yeah I don't think that I'm super eager. It's the huge swastika on your forehead that does it. Yeah. Just for the record, she does not have a swastika on her forehead. Uh, yet. Just kidding. Yet. I would never get a forehead tattoo. Yeah. Anything. Uh, I was just, uh, Jay just told me recently that he thinks that I'm a loner. And I was like, what? He was like, we're like an extreme introvert. And, I, and I've never, ever even considered. And I was like, what do you mean? But then I'm like, I really do enjoy spending time with myself. Running oh. is like one of your, I mean, that's a very solitary thing. It is. I like it. I don't meditate well, um, which is like supposed to be a part of, you know, the way I live my life now, I suppose, but I hate it. I can't, I don't sit still well. Um, what do you think about when you're running this? It depends. Sometimes nothing. Sometimes whatever's going on. So, I mean, do, um, do you find it like... I find it like cathartic. I find it soothing. Uh, without, I, So I haven't been able to run. Um, which sucks because my job is very mentally exhausting. Um, as well as physically demanding. So... Before, I would get up and I would run three miles or run four miles and whatever and take a shower and go to work. And then it was like my brain was already, like I was already a little bit tired. Not too tired, but I had already expended a lot of energy so that like I could focus um, when I'm stressed, like right now, super stressed, not a lot of staff can't do anything about that about to be working seven days a week uh summer's coming so pretty stressed yeah so i need an outlet for that or else things happen i cried the other night um over a calzone because i thought it was so delicious no because I thought I was getting a calzone. Jay was ordering dinner. I said, yeah, I'll have a chicken parm, meaning calzone. Things got lost in translation. I get home. I'm very excited. Jay and I talk for a little while. Great. I said, all right, I know I'm going to eat my calzone. I tell Cooper maybe he can have a piece. And Jay goes, don't have a calzone. And he's like, what do you mean? I, that's what I ordered. He was like, no, you have a chicken parm dinner. Like with pasta, and I can see it in his face that he's like, oh, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. I've done the bad thing. And so then I was sitting on the floor, like up against the chair, and I started to cry. And I was like, I know I'm really more emotional about this than I should be, but and then he makes fun of me because I'm crying. And uh, so that's, you know, emotionally. <laughs> 
where I'm at. Uh, so running for me is easier. It's, a, it's quiet. Sure. It's exercise, which helps me to be more tired at the end of the night. Well, when, so when you're done running, though, like, does your head feel, like, clearer? Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. that's your version of meditation. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that I, like, necessarily think about anything. I don't, like, start out on a run going, all right, Jillian, let's work out. Right. Um, I, my, I'm going to sound like a huge asshole, but I'm fine with that. Uh, my thought whenever I see on Instagram people posting the yoga pose, I'm like, if you were not allowed to take any pictures of yourself yep. doing this, would you do yoga? And, yeah. I, and I think there's a there's a certain faction of them that no. That no, they wouldn't. I don't much care for yoga. I don't know. I I think it's foolish myself, but I mean, I there's definitely benefits. So I'm not going to sit here and say there aren't. And I did strength training yoga when I was competing for skating. Mm -hmm. But I also had we had like an instructor. She was crazy, uh, but there was somebody like telling me what to do. I'm very self-sufficient in some things. Like I will learn any new cooking technique. I will read endless articles about how to train my dog to start marking things in the apartment. Uh, but when it comes to stuff like that, I'm like, uh, yeah. Like I know how to run. I know how to lift weights. Right. Like, I know how to do all of these things. I don't know how to do yoga, and I'm right. not super interested in spending the time right. to figure it out. Right. And I don't want to go to a class with a bunch of other people, so. There you go. Just on cue, a small child has wandered over, uh, seemingly alone. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, uh... Probably a good place to, yeah. to stop <laughs> before the uh, inevitable uh, meltdown yep. occurs. Um, that would be the perfect ending, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you shouldn't have children. Well, thanks for sitting and talking to me. Yeah. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. It's good.